reading so that you can share with us what God opened to your mind. Uh, we're talking about again in heaven. And last time we talked about the 144 singing a song that no one else has because it's his song of an experience such as no one else has ever had them, those people being translated from the earth among the living counted first fruits unto God and to the lamb. So then we're talking about in, in heaven. And that first sentence says, in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory about the song which the ransomed ones sing, the song of their experience will declare the glory of God. What do you think about that? In his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. What are your thoughts about that? I think that, well, you know, we know that, that um, everyone praises him in heaven. And, you know, we know that the 24 elders and the beasts around the throne are constantly singing, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord mm -hmm. God Almighty. And the angels delight to praise him, you know? And so, yeah, I think heaven is, heaven is a, what is it? A, a praise, uh, uh, what, party all the time. <laughs> That's a good thought. Patsy, what were you going to say? I was thinking when it talks about his temple, I think about our sanctuary, and it's like our temple on earth. You know, our sanctuary, this is where we're glorifying God, but I think about when we get there to his temple. I mean, there'll be every race, creed, color, all kind of tongues, but all of us will be on one accord. We will be praising God forever. Amen, amen. Anyone else? What does that mean to you in his temple that everyone speak of his glory? You know, it's interesting when I look, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Percy. Yeah, it's interesting when I look at that and, and, and reflect on it. And it says in his temple, doth everyone speak of his glory. Well, how are you going to be able to speak of his glory except for that you went through an experience that got you there? Hmm. And so when I look at it from that perspective, then I get a, a, a clear understanding, at least for me, why everyone, because uh, you, we often hear people say, man, I made it, you know, but the reality is, is that it's because of who he is that you are in his temple. And so mm -hmm. I can speak to his glory. Amen. Excellent point. It's because of who he is, not who we are or what we have done, but who he is. Uh, what does that say to us? What should we be doing now? Do we have to wait till we get to his temple to praise his, speak of his glory? <laughs> Now we should be glorifying him 24-7, not only in, in, in church, but in our homes, too. Amen. Good point. As we've been reading, our homes should be a little bit of heaven, right? Amen. Anyone else? Do we need to wait to get to heaven to praise God? No. Okay, if we look at the next paragraph, it says, the days of pain and weeping are forever ended, forever. You know, sometimes on earth, we'll go through some pain and weeping, and then it's over for a while. Then later on, here comes some more pain and grief, and then that's over. But here it says, the days of pain and weeping are forever ended. The king of glory has wiped the tears from all faces, and every cause of grief has been removed. Every cause of grief. What are some of the causes of grief we have in this world? Greed and selfishness and um, unthankfulness, pride, you know, um, 
and kindness. Mm-hmm. Any I other causes? I think those are character defects and flaws that that we're trying to work through and work out. But I think definitely sickness and death and pain. And oh yeah, stuff, physical, mental, emotional pain, and you know what we're going through right now. This pandemic, you know. Yeah. Any other causes of grief? You no, know, I was thinking about. <laughs> Karen said she was saying earlier on that that uh, that she saw those are uh, character flaws or or, or things and, and I said well that grief can come from us you know yeah. uh, we just we just listened to uh, Devlier talk about the griefs that we bring upon ourselves through the mistakes that we make in our our directions of how we choose things we want this we want that mm-hmm. and I, I looked at the story of Samuel and 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 Jesse Samuel went in there with the objection of choosing from his sons. And he looked at Eliab and he said, oh, that's the one. <laughs> that, that, that was painful because that wasn't the one. He just saw salt, you know, so we cause grief ourselves. Mm-hmm. Have mercy. And all those things, you know, all those characteristic flaws lead to a lot of time to death, to sickness. All of that leads right back to it. I mean, you can't do... You're not going to have one without the other, you know. So um, I'm thinking also another cause of um, a real, real big one that's going to be alleviated is lack of trust in God and Mm. lack of belief in the Lord. It's going to be something that's really going to be alleviated forever. That's a major one. And the one thing that I believe Adam and Eve experienced almost like immediately Mm. after they sinned was the separation. Mm-hmm. the separation of of them and god so mm-hmm. that that will be alleviated and mercy mm-hmm. and mercy mm-hmm. how many times have we ourselves been the cause of our own grief mm-hmm. <laughs> too, too many times to count right yeah. yeah too many times to count but god's going to take all those causes away so there'll be no more grief no more pain no more sorrow a uh, couple paragraphs down, it says the redeemed will make rich music in heaven. And it says, then I saw a very great number of angels because it's going to be a lot of people unnumerable on the sea of glass. It says, I saw a great number of angels bring from the city glorious crowns, a crown for every saint with his name written thereon. So there's a crown for every saint with their name written on it. What, what significance is that for you? with their name written on it. Well, he knows me, right? He, I mean, and that it's already prepared. He knew I was coming. He's mm-hmm. prepared for me like he said he was. You know, we can just really trust that, that, you know, but mostly that he knew me. It, it makes me smile just to think my name going to be on the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you know, I, I think, too, it puts that personal touch that when God says he knows the hair on our heads and he knows each individual by name, it's that personal love to have somebody put your name and whether he gives me a new name or whatever's on there, I'm just happy to get the crown and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen to that. And you know how we work so hard to get our labels and titles here on earth. And when we receive the crown with our name, we know that we were, we, took co-partnership with God in making that happen. Um, And it was basically because of Christ. 
that is the reason why we have the crown, but to know that um, we took some part in it by making the choice of following him, being obedient, that we now can say, hey, I'm supposed to be here because my name is on that crown. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyone it's else? It's almost like uh, God is doing everything in his power. As you said that, Christina, I'm supposed to be here, doing everything in his power to welcome us in and to help us feel like we you know, are at home with him. Amen. Any other thoughts about your name written on the crown? And I think back to the I think back to the Sabbath school lesson that he became our big brother and our redeemer that he wants people to know he's proud of us. Mm. Yeah. Good thought. Mm-hmm. Do you think that crown's gonna say Christina and Karen and Lee and Alvina and Percy? No, I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> say we're gonna be given a new name because <laughs> just like just like this earth will pass away. Our old names that are tied to this earth and sin will pass away and be a thing of the past. Oh, wait, Elder Carroll, you didn't mention my name. <laughs> wait, wait, he mentioned all y'all names. Elder Carroll, you think I ain't getting my crown? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know your new name. I don't know your <laughs> okay. new name. Only Jesus knows it. <laughs> now, also, someone has said before, uh, sometimes you say people will be speaking and they'll say, somebody going to steal your crown. Do you think that's true? No, no. I think I think when God says in the last days He's going to be bringing people our flock that's out there, even at the eleventh hour. If we don't, if we don't maintain our relationship and our obedience to God, yeah, I think somebody could come in and, and steal our crown. Mm. But we won't be crown. with God. We'll be down here burning. They won't mm. steal your crown, Pessy. You would no, not have to get a crown in heaven. It was never there. Paula, what'd you say? You can, we can lose our crown. No one can take it. No. Because it's a individual. It's no no stealing in heaven. They don't steal up in heaven. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, they can can come in and take our place because we've given up that relationship and and that understanding and being obedient to God. When we give that up, we give up Jesus. Yeah, we give up Jesus. That's true. Or is it what you say look like you thinking hard? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I was listening to the comments and, and it's, it, it just hit me, you know, we have to stop and think about the fact that we're there and that we're receiving the crowns. There's no crown available until you actually get there. But something had to transpire for you to get there in order to get the crown. And I was looking in the text here and, and it, it hit me like a rock. He said, then Jesus looked upon his redeemed saints. First mm-hmm. off, redeemed means those are the ones who have accepted the call, who have received him. And uh, it goes on, it says, and their continence was radiant with glory. And as he fixed his loving eyes upon them, he said with his rich musical voice, I behold the travail of my soul and am satisfied. Mm-hmm. In other words, the work that you were called to do, and, 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 and to Patsy's point, the work that you were called to do, you have satisfied that call. And that's why you're here. And that's why you're receiving this crown. You're right, Patsy. You can lose your crown, but not while you're in heaven. You'll lose it before you get there. But that's the glory of it. When you get there, that's when Christ gives you that musical sound of enlightening you 
that he's satisfied with what you've done. This rich glory is yours to enjoy, he says, eternal, and your sorrows are now ended. Hmm. Thank Amen. you, Elder, for, for clearing Amen. that up. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And then also so, along with the, uh, go ahead, Karen. I was going to say, I imagine with the new name that we get, you know, like down here on earth, we may run across our name a hundred thousand times over or more, you know, the same name. But I would imagine that in heaven, when we're given a new name, no one will have the same name. Mm -hmm. That's true. Amen. What else was Jesus given with the crowns? Uh, palm branches and harps. Yeah. And then it says every hand skillfully swept over the strings of the harp, sending melodious music and rich, perfect strains. Anybody here play the harp? <laughs> no. No. I only know one person I've ever known to play a harp. But when we get to heaven, our hands are skillfully going to be able to play music. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. And then Jesus leads the redeemed company to the gate. Now, pay attention to what this sentence says. It says, talking about Jesus, he laid hold of the gate and swung it back on its glittering hinges and bade the nations that had kept the truth enter in. What do you think about that gate, just from what it said? What paragraph are you on, uh, Lee? Into 180.4, about halfway down. Says well, he it, it, tells me, it tells me something about that gate that, it, it that he says he laid hold on the gate. That gate wasn't going to be open till Jesus opened it. Oh, yeah. Good point. Worthy is the lamb. Anything else somebody thought about? Well, I think about the fact that with those, I mean, we know there's 12 gates to the city. We don't know which one we will, if we will only enter in through one gate when we initially approach the city of God. But that's what it makes it sound like that. We, that Jesus is going to open the gate to heaven. And then eventually all of the gates will be coming in and out of all the gates, but that to go in, Jesus is going to open the door for us, the gate, and we go in. Okay. Any other thoughts? You notice it said the gate, one big gate, and the gate, the Bible says, is made of what? Pearls. One big pearl. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Down here, we got these little pearls, you know, and your uh, spouse buy you a pearl ring and it's about this big. <laughs> but here's one pearl as big as a gate. That's going to be pretty amazing. And all, uh, Patsy's right. Only Jesus can open that gate and let us in. And it sounds like it's a real big gate. Yeah. Twelve gates to the city. Hallelujah. Mm. And Jesus said with his musical voice, I behold the travail of my soul. And I'm satisfied. So he thinks back about all he's went through and he's happy that he did it for our sakes. Look at, uh, let's move down to 181.1 where it says before entering the city of God. 181.1, before entering the city of God, the Savior bestows upon his followers the emblems of victory and invest them with the insignia of their royal state. The glittering ranks are drawn up in the form of a hollow square around their king, whose form rises in majesty high above 
saints and angels. Why is that? We had read something about that before. Well, because he's perfect. He has not sinned, and sin has taken its toll. I know that we read that you can um, you can see through the ages of time how sin has caused men to get smaller and smaller and smaller, you know, in stature. Okay. Who do you think is going to be next in height and stature? Adam is going to be next. Yeah, Adam will be next in height and stature. And then like Lakita's saying, it, you can see the degeneracy among the ages of people. You know, and I was watching this documentary and they were showing these houses from way back in like the 1600s. And they were pointing out how, oh, if you look at these houses, you see how, how short the doors are and how small because the people back then were shorter than we are today. We're much taller, you know, and I'm thinking... That ain't necessarily true. You know, maybe a short person lived in that house. But over the ages, the degeneracy is going from Adam way up here all the way down to uh, before Christ comes. Uh, but then, as it says, we'll grow up like calves in the stall. So it was very interesting to read that part about how Jesus is above Saint and angel. Um, next paragraph, it says, for each there is a crown bearing his own new name, like we talked about, and then the inscription, holiness to the Lord. And at the bottom of paragraph 182.1, to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Isn't that amazing that Christ gave up the uh, beauty and the glory of heaven to come down to die for us so that we could be saved and enjoy what he left in heaven. Mm -hmm. It just, it just doesn't make sense to the human mind why somebody would do that. Uh, previously, we'd talked about what is heavenly music on paragraph 182.2, the perfect music of heaven. What do we decide heavenly music sounds like? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. None of us have been there. We all but, had our you know, different we, versions of what it might, what it right. might sound like, and the emotion it might produce in us. Yeah. So heavenly music, you know, real heavenly music. There's some really nice music here on earth too, but the perfect music of heaven says, I have been shown the order, the perfect order of heaven, and have been enraptured as I listened to the perfect music there. And then I thought this was kind of funny. This next sentence says, after coming out of vision, Sister White says, the singing here back on earth sounds very harsh and discordant. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny, you know, compared to music in perfect music of heaven. Yeah, so what can we say? Uh -huh. I remember uh, when uh, Kirk Franklin went to Oakland, he heard the Aeolian sing and he was just blown away. He was all down on the floor because he just he just was like, the harmony is perfect. It sounds like one voice. Mm. And so then you think and you say, OK, heaven is going to be even better than that. Huh. Amen. Okay. Yeah, we we've had uh, heard a lot of really good groups, you know, down here on Earth but it's not going to be anything compared to the music of heaven. I don't know a lot of different gospel artists, but uh, what are some of your favorite gospel artists that you think have really 
heavenly, quote unquote, music? Well, you know, when I grew up, I used to love Mahaley Jackson. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I think Beverly has, um, that's one of, that's just like my favorite singer. And I really love when she sings, um, not, uh, not when the trumpet should sound, but when we shall behold him. That is just so awesome. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. So, Heavenly. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Well, I think Heavenly about um, when Whitley Phipps sang. Um, oh, yeah. At the uh, at the last um, general GC that was here, and he closed it out, and mm. that was the most marvelous song. And I could play that even if I played it now. It's just like the Holy Spirit just comes in when he sings that song. You know, what song? Um, which song did he sing? Um, Andre, what was the song he sang at the end? I can't. My my, I got a brain freeze. Huh? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Oh yeah, Grace. Now that's the one he sang at John Lewis' funeral too. Yes, he did. he did. Yeah, that was nice. I think, but I mean, nice. ooh, when he sang it at the GC, closing out the GC. Oh my goodness! Uh, I, anytime I was stressed or upset or whatever, I would just play him singing that song, and he just feel <laughs> the Holy Spirit just coming in. Amen. Amen. Any you other favorite artists? You know, it's interesting. We talk about favorite artists. Um, there are several that come to mind. Uh, I was telling Paul this morning, um, I was thinking of a song that Andre Crouch uh, and the disciples used to sing called Quiet Times. And I've searched and I cannot find that song anywhere. But that song was so touching to me. And so, of course, he was one of my favorite. Of course, uh, Tremaine Hawkins. Uh, recently, I have come to like the young lady. I can't think of her name, but she's in a lot of Tyler Perry's uh, movies, uh, uh, shows, rather, his series shows. And she has a beautiful voice. I can't think of her name right now. I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah but you named some real uh, stellar singers. Mm-hmm. Anyone else favorite singers that you consider heavenly music? You know, my favorite song, one of them, has always been Total Praise. When you really <laughs> sing it right, yeah. man, that song just Amen. It's amazing. It's very amazing. Paula, you have a favorite? Christine, you? Alvina? None of y'all like, have favorite singers? I like so many, so it's hard to really say. Um <laughs> But the eight, like I said last time, the Aeolians and um, acapella, it, with the right acoustic, you know, the right environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, I just I could only think of okay, if this is lifting me so high, I can't imagine what heaven sounds like. Like um, Karen was saying, um, uh, I forgot the the name of the man, the popular singer. When he heard, like, he said the sopranos, there was no pitch; it was just pure, and and Kurt that's Franklin. on this corrupt earth. Yeah, Kurt Franklin, and he mm-hmm. has an ear for these things. Even I could appreciate what I heard at that particular concert, and I was like, oh my god, 
this must be what heaven's like. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is corrupt. Heaven's going to be better than this. So <laughs> I just didn't fat, fat, you know, it was beyond my comprehension. Uh-huh. Yeah. Heaven's beyond all our comprehension. We uh-huh. went to uh, see Olita Adams at the Powell Symphony Hall. Oh, and there was yeah. a couple of songs with the orchestra behind her. I just closed my eyes and just imagined myself being in heaven. But when you hear all of that, and like she said, the acoustics are right, it's almost like you have some high level headphones on and you're actually sitting in there with them. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I, I know what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I have such a, a variety of artists, but what really stands out are usually the lyrics um, and one of the songs that I seem to gravitate to more so now is um, How Great Thy Are. And oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just the words that describes the Savior in my life um, that really brings out or usher in that, that worship uh, moment for me. Amen. Good point. The words bringing out feelings. So it's not just sound, but feelings. Also, sound and feelings. Amazing Grace is my litmus test. I can't speak today. I'm tired. If if I don't get, it's not spiritual unless it hit past that test. Because (laughs) Amazing Grace, the lyrics, like Christina said, the lyrics are a testimony. And it seems like just about everywhere in the world, regardless of the language or your past experience, that testimony is true. I once was blind, but now I see. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's the line. Amen. How'd you like it when Barack sang it? Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It got uh, a rise have- out of the audience, Lee, but it, it didn't it didn't do nothing for me as I looked towards <laughs> heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Not compared to who you heard before. Nowhere near. Uh, if we go down a little bit, it points out that there is one angel who always leads, who first touches the heart and strikes the note, then all join in perfect music, music of heaven. And when I was reading that, Percy, I remember when you guys were in the disciples and Paul would hit his love pitch tune that's <laughs> yeah. like okay so that's kind of like that and uh who did who was that one angel who used to lead before lucifer yeah lucifer used to be the one leading the choir before he got cast out and then it finally says at the bottom of that paragraph from every countenance beams the image of jesus shining with glory unspeakable isn't this where what we're supposed to be here on earth countenance is beaming with the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we get to that point? To where when people see us, they see Jesus. You know, I think think about the Sabbath school lesson and what Kwame was trying to bring out this morning. Those are some, some tough questions, personal questions, but when we're looking at it from the perspective of really understanding how Christ is our brother, then we start to really mimic who he is. And once we get to that point, that's where we are in this here, this here perfect setting uh, of singing and, and, and alluding to what you, the question you just asked. Hmm. Okay. 
this is the process of sanctification, right? That we become more and more like Christ. Becoming more and more like Christ through sanctification. That's the goal. That's, That's the, goal. the goal. We let the Holy Spirit live out through us more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit live out through us. And when we do those things, you know, then people will see the image of Jesus shining with glory from us. Not because of what we do, but what he has done, as Percy had mentioned earlier. Now, this was kind of interesting. This next sentence says, a song first sung on earth. A song first sung on earth in heaven when the angelic choir starts singing and the saints, the redeemed hosts, join as though they had been singing the song on earth. And they have been. When did we ever sing that song on earth that we're going to be singing in heaven? When did that happen? As we prepare for heaven. (laughs) As we prepare our hearts and our minds for heaven, then that same song is going to be in our hearts. Can you explain a little more on that? Well, as we, as we begin to look more and more like Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit, because the, I think the song is the song of the lamb, right? Well, one is going to be the song of Moses and one is going to be the song of the lamb. And, you know, the more we listen to Jesus, the more we obey him, the more we're going to, it's going to come into our hearts what the song of the lamb is. Yeah, it's a song. That's a good um thought about our heart I was thinking that too it's what we're singing in our heart even if we don't know the words ourselves or don't know the tune ourselves but it's a we're all singing the same song because we all want to be like Christ right mm-hmm. okay any other all thoughts those, on that? all those that go to heaven are going to look like him so mm-hmm. that's interesting I and I get what um Karen is bringing out, which is probably the, the true part, but in my my human nature, the song that I sing on earth that I, I can see all of us singing when we get there and the angels joining in is we shall overcome. Hmm. I see. Um, we well, when we know we shall, we have. <laughs> well, I mean, in that <laughs> regard, of course. <laughs> well, I think um, one thing that I was thinking about is is a song of experience, the experiences that we've had with Christ, the experiences that we've had here on this earth, trusting in Jesus, depending on Jesus, following Jesus, learning of Jesus, allowing his spirit to live in us and through us so that in our hearts, like Lakita was saying, in our hearts, we have been learning to sing this song. Every time that we trust the Lord, we're learning to sing this song. Every time that we uh, dedicate our time, talent, temple, and treasure, to his glory, we're learning to sing that song. Every time that we help others in the name of Christ, we're learning to sing that song of experience in Christ. So yeah, uh, we're doing his will. We are learning to sing that song. As more we study of him, we're learning to sing that song. So it will be like we've already been singing that song because we will have been, you know. And even though it's not conscious to us right now, right, it's a heaven you know, our consciousness will be so expanded that everybody will know the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also brings to mind that 
saying heaven's a prepared place for a prepared people. Mm-hmm. While we're here on earth, we've been preparing to live in heaven with Christ. And that comes along with it. Uh, when we're enjoying the, the pleasures and the glory and majesty of heaven and the angels and Christ and the saints, do you think anybody's going to remember the trials and tribulations we went through back here? Hmm. If we do, God's going to wipe that away. Yeah, nobody's going to remember that. It's like um, I read somewhere else in L.G. White where she was in vision and um, some people who were in heaven in her vision came up to her and said, tell us what happened after we left. And she tried to call up her worst you know, thing, the worst thing that happened. And then she said, heaven is cheap enough. She couldn't come up with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that it's just going to be so great that whatever you have to pay for, you know, it's worth it. Says the former should not be remembered, nor even come into mind. Like she just said, you won't even be able to think of this stuff down here. That's all we think about. Oh, I had this problem and look what I went through. But when we get to heaven, be singing the wondrous song of Jesus. We ain't thinking about what happened down here anymore. Mm -hmm. Song of how we got over. Praise God. And you know, Elder Carol, when it comes to music, it makes me think. There are times when I'll be driving, and all of a sudden, I just there, there'll be a song that I just start singing, and I'm like, now why am I singing that song? Like this week, I went around and we finally sang it today at church over at Altar, uh, Blessed Assurance. And I said, I just walked around. I mean, all week, even in my car, I've been you know, even though I may not know all the words, but that song just stayed with me. And when we sang it, I was like. I've been singing that song all week. Blessed assurance. Amen. Um, uh, Next, it talks about singing heaven's song here, which we just hit on a little bit. Um, Jesus is soon coming, and our position should be that of waiting and watching for his appearing. Waiting and watching for his appearing. We should not allow anything to come between us and Jesus. That's a pretty bold statement, right? We should not allow anything to come between us and Jesus. When it says anything, what does it mean? All of our cares and worries that we think about, you know, all of our problems, all of our ambitions, you know, nothing here on earth should come between us and God. Nothing should dim our hope or dim our trust and our faith. Okay. Anyone else? What does it mean not allow anything to come between us and Jesus? Anything means everything, even good things like work Mm -hmm. or your spouse and your children. Nothing should come between you and Christ. Hmm. You think that's hard to do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It is is without his help because anything that we put before Christ is is an idol. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have his help constantly examining ourselves to say, okay, today, what have I chosen? What have I chosen or what are my choices today? And what have I done today that, or what, what am I going to do today that might put that ahead of Christ? You know, the truth of the matter is that's kind of what it's all about is Satan went through all these distractions and, you know, um, boulders in your pathway so that you'll look at that instead of looking at God. So that's really what this battle is all about, staying staying connected with God, you know? 
Right. And the thing is, once we finally do make Christ the center and the first thing in our lives, everything else does fall into place. Doesn't mean we won't have problems, but our priorities will be in order and he will make sure that everything falls into place. Hmm. No, it's interesting. Well, I do know in the word of God, it says that if you're not willing to give up everything, then you can't follow God. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was looking at that wording and it, it says we should not allow anything to come between us and Jesus. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, we should not. Yeah. So the onus is on us. But I'm thinking to myself, man, how do I get to that point mm-hmm. where I don't allow anything? And then it, it jumps back. It, it, it makes me reflect back to Hebrews. God says it is impossible to please me without faith. Uh, Someone said, is it hard? Absolutely. But if we usher in that faith that we're talking about, that true faith, then it becomes uh, everything begins to fall into place. And we're able to do that. So I think it begins uh, at that moment of really, truly trusting and believing and having that faith in Christ. Amen. Who was it that um, Jesus was asking to follow him? And he said, well, I have to bury my father. And he said, well, let the dead bury the dead. When Mm -hmm. I first heard that, I thought, wow, that's kind of insensitive because (laughs) trying to bury his dead. Why would he say that? But Christ is like, let the dead bury the dead. You know, what was the... The, the most important thing right here is I'm asking you to follow me. So you, you need to stop whatever you're doing, even when it's important, even when it's something as, as, as touching as burying your parent. You know, mm-hmm. um, another verse that comes to mind is if you put mother or father ahead of me, you're not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's that's deep. So so that right there kind of tells you I was listening to something this week about the fact that God gives us a lot of warnings in the Bible, no, no threats, but warnings. So for him to tell us that is really a warning that the Satan is going to try to use people that are closest to us to separate. Yes. Us. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, not so much your job or people out in the street, but the people that you care most about your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andre, you hit on when, when you, the gentleman was talking about he needed to bury his, his father and God's response. And I, th- I often think, too, that God was telling him, you like he tells us, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So why are you worried about that? He's right. given us his word. You know, if that person is, is dying in me, that he, they're going to be the first to rise. So, he, I, you know, why are you worried about the dead? You need to be worried about you are living and whether you're trying to, you know, follow me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. Very good. And, and as and it also, says, go ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. Just piggyback on everything. Once we do get our priorities in order, and it's a die daily thing. It's a, it's a die for me. It's like every hour. <laughs> I got to re- reevaluate. But once we do put Christ first, we are a different person. Um, if I get up early and spend my time with the Lord, I can deal better with, say, if I were married or anybody else, your spouse, you're going to deal with your children different. You're going to be different on the job or whatever that carries you throughout that day because you started 
you made him the priority. You made him first. You ever mm -hmm. notice when you do that, Paula, mm -hmm. that you stop worrying about stuff that we really shouldn't be concerned with? Amen. You know, we get upset and be like, oh my goodness, what about this? Or maybe I should do this first. Maybe put God first and then he'll line up your day for you. Mm -hmm. and, and as you go through your day, at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? Everything just kind of fit. Once I put him first, everything just kind of lined itself up. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, we should not allow anything. That's man, beast, material, money, thoughts, whatever it is, feelings to come between us and Jesus. And then Christ says, without me, you can do nothing. So we need him in our lives to be able to not allow anything to come between us and, and him. I think, Percy, you were talking about that. How can we do it? We can only do it through Christ living in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It we were talking about this song in heaven and it says, what is that song? It is praise and honor and glory unto him that sits upon the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. The song of praise, honor and glory unto the lamb. Every act. Every deed of justice and mercy and benevolence makes music in heaven. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Every act, every deed of justice and mercy and benevolence makes music in heaven. Lakita was talking about how we lay up our treasures in heaven. This is how we do it. Every act, every deed of justice and mercy and benevolence makes music in heaven. So when we're out you know, when, when the Holy Spirit leads us to do good deeds, that's laying up treasure in, he in heaven, that's making music in heaven, is bringing us closer to the, to the image of Christ. It allows others to see Christ in us. It does a lot of different things. It's not just that you gave somebody a dollar, but it's the whole impact of your actions and your deeds and your thoughts and your intents. You become a changed person. The other person sees Christ in you and they become a changed person. So every act, deed of justice and mercy and benevolence makes music in heaven and it's laying up treasures in heaven. So we can't afford to be afraid to help somebody. Can't be afraid to give a homeless person a few dollars. Can't be afraid to give someone a drink of water. Can't be afraid to give someone a compliment or offer a helping hand or hand out some food to the homeless or whatever you do, every act of deed and justice and mercy and benevolence, that's an act that Christ would have us to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on deeds of mercy and benevolence? Has anybody had a testimony of something that they did this week that helped someone? Lakita, you got one? Okay, so I was just thinking about this as Lee was talking. So I wanted to bless five people with, um, you know, an acknowledgement for, um, for some work they had done. And I was going to do it out of my offering. Don't nobody else do that, okay? <laughs> I was going to do it from my offering and stuff. And so it would actually mean that I would have to give out, you know, a, um, it, what I wanted to give was going to spill over into beyond off and stuff. And so I said, okay, well, I was just going to go ahead and do it and, you know, just uh, use some of my, my money because that money is not mine, it's God's. 
and I was going to use some of my money. But since, you know, we are in our own business and we pay ourselves according to the work piecemeal, let's put it like that. So then I was told, Lisa, I said, check this out. Not only did we have enough offering to, um, to bless four or five people with, but we also had enough offering to still give offering to the Lord. And I was like, thank you, Lord. We didn't have to go anywhere into, you know, our, our what I'm going to call it our, our spending money because the Lord blessed us beyond what I was expecting to get. And so I was able to bless others and still bless the church. So I'm just thanking to the Lord for his goodness. I'm just praising his name for that. Amen. Can't be God given. That's a beautiful thing. Can't be God given. Any yeah, other testimonies? Yeah. But like I said, I don't want everybody else to be trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other testimonies where you help someone or show benevolence and mercy to someone? I got one, Elder Carol, and everybody. But there was a lady, and I had taken my daughter to her doctor's appointment. And there was a lady, and she had, it looked like a milk carton she had made up, and she had a poster. And I noticed all the cars in front of me. Nobody stopped and did anything. So I reached in my purse, and I said, Lord, I said, I'm going to give her everything I got. So I gave a whole bunch of change because that's all I had. And I was so blessed that when I, when I was uh, getting ready to do my laundry, the Lord blessed me. I had $5. I went to the altar today on $5 and got home and just thanked the Lord. Because, <laughs> you know, I didn't know even how I was going to get to church, but I was determined I was going. Mm -hmm. But God stepped in and let me know, you can do it on $5. I said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. But nobody, I mean, this lady had a big old poster, and I just thought, my thing of it is, I'm not going to worry about what they do with the money, but I'm going to give them something. It's cold out there, and I don't think anybody is dishonest would stand out in that cold and freeze like that. Yeah. I just don't believe it. Amen. Now, I had an opportunity to be a blessing to someone in need like that, too, Patsy, where I gave someone uh, some money to eat, you know, and the lady, I saw her before and I can, I saw her go from where she was asking for money right up to McDonald's to actually get something to eat. She didn't go to 905 liquor store or nothing like that. She went right to the place where she could get something to eat. So I had gave her some money before, but also, you know, I always tell you about uh, whenever I have to get the uh, vehicle fixed, I have a guy that I go to. He does a really good job for a good price. And I had to get my vehicle tags on this month. So I had to hurry up and try and get a little part put on the steering. And so the, the uh, shop, one of the, one of the big shops, they was one like $300 to put this little part on. And I'm knowing, you know, if I had the tools, I could do that, <laughs> save the whole 300. But I went to this guy and, you know, he only charged me forty five dollars, hmm. and I was praising Amen. the Lord. I said, God is good, Amen. so I gave him extra because he did it quick. It like he said earlier, it was cold out there, so I gave him extra, and he was very appreciative of it. So you know, again, making music in heaven just by being kind to others. Mm -hmm. Amen. We'll wind up on this last paragraph. 
And it's again talking about helping others. As you open your door to Christ's needy and suffering ones, you are doing what? Welcoming unseen angels. Welcoming the unseen angels. How about that? You invite the companionship of heavenly beings. They bring a sacred atmosphere of joy and peace. They come with praises upon their lips and an answering strain is heard in heaven. Every deed of mercy makes music there in heaven. The father from his throne numbers the unselfish workers among his most precious treasures. So those who are unselfish, doing God's work, doing God's will, showing acts of uh, justice, mercy, and benevolence are among, ghosts, uh, among God's most precious treasures. What does that say to you about how important it is to show kindness and love to others? That also makes me understand that God's not looking for people that have material things. He's looking for the deeds and the love that you have in your heart that him and the Holy Spirit has empowered you with to go out and, and be a good witness for him. Come on now. That's the third sermon this week. <laughs> that was a sermon that quick. That was a sermon just that quick. You know. Anyone else? What is that? How does that make you feel knowing that doing acts of kindness, love, and mercy uh, put you among God's most precious precious treasures. You know, Lee and, um, and fellow students, you know, when I think about that, I think about, um, do we believe? Do we really believe? If we believe that we were laying up treasures in heaven for um, laying up our treasures in mm -hmm. heaven by doing good works, wouldn't our lives be completely different? Like, wouldn't we be nicer to our families? Wouldn't we be less critical of our friends, more helpful, more, you know, more giving? I think we really don't, don't believe. Because if I thought, think about it, if you thought that, okay, I can stock up a pile of money, you know, by saving or whatever, we do that, you know, to um, stock up this money. But all heaven is asking us to do is to be kind, you know, to somebody else. It, you know, he's not even telling you who to be kind to, just to other people, you know. So, um, but if we really, really believe that we were actually laying up treasure in heaven, which means like, let's say, depositing money in a bank in heaven that will be there available to us when we get there, wouldn't our lives be so much different? Mm, like, wouldn't question. you be like, wouldn't you be so much nicer to me, do more things for me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't I be so much nicer to my sisters and brothers and you know, to uh, church members, wouldn't I be like, let me do it because I know this is going to count towards my treasure in heaven, you know? And what about like our offices at church? Wouldn't we be so much more faithful and, and really be like motivated to just do, do, do because, you know, instead of thinking, oh, you know, it's another thing to do, but I am saving up money, not money, treasure in heaven. I am depositing in the bank account up in heaven. I'm not just doing it for earth. This is the work that I'm doing. My heavenly work is being, you know, being deposited. I'm going to be repaid in heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, Sister Lakita, we have people on this line that the, the even the, the, I just want to say the, the direction sometimes that they, you know, give you 
even even a, a little song or just, a, you know, a, like I said, the directions, you know, say, you know, I handled it like this. This might work for you. To me, that that's treasure in itself because mm-hmm. of the fact they took out of their time to be concerned about you. They mm-hmm. took out of their time to call you and say, are you okay? I haven't heard from you. Or, you know, I, I haven't heard you on the, on the prayer line or whatever. I said, mm-hmm. that means a lot. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the whole point, too, is that it's not hard. It's not, you know, it's God's not asking us to, you know, jump off a cliff and bounce back up. He's not saying that. But, you know, like that song said, bright in the corner where you are, you know, if, if uh, you know, sister, you know, sister Patsy need a suggestion on what to do about her deck that, you know, you were dealing with that at one point. And we make those suggestions and we're sincere about it. And we're not trying to jack her up further and mess up stuff, but we're really trying to be supportive. I believe God honors that. I don't believe it's like, you know, you have to give away your whole house and everything you own. I mean, he may ask for that, but in the meanwhile, he's just asking us to do, treat each other good, treat your spouse good, treat your family good, you know, be, do the extra nice thing. For somebody, you know, don't do the least you can do. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna call out a couple people on the line. That goes for Paula G and Christina. I'm gonna be singing a song in heaven with y'all about y'all how good y'all are. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting. We're talking about that and thinking about it. And Lakita brings up a good um, question or analogy. Uh, oftentimes, we are doing stuff not because we're actually thinking about, oh, I'm laying this treasure up in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just doing it because we think it's the thing to do at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. But the, question, but the real question that comes to mind for me, especially as we call ourselves Christians, Christian says, I'm, I'm being more Christ-like. To be mm-hmm. more Christ-like means I need to be more loving, unconditionally. Mm-hmm. That, that love. Amen. That love is what draws us to do those things and i like the way this here statement puts it it says as you open your door to mm-hmm. christ needy and suffering ones you are welcoming unseen angels it's not it's not a it's not saying you have to do it but it says as you do it this is what's going to happen and then it goes on it says you invite the companionship of heavenly beings mm-hmm. meaning that now that you've done that now they're coming in and they're supping with you and so now yeah. you're getting stronger and it says they bring a sacred atmosphere of joy and peace. I can't even stop to tell you every time that I've given something to somebody to help them. I felt so good behind it. Yeah. And I, I kick myself and say, well, why don't you do that more often? <laughs> you know? but that's, that's the reality of who we are. Sometimes we just we have that moment in time and space that we, we, we do these things, but we never really this statement is so powerful because that's what's actually happening at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And so as Patsy said, there, there's going to be people, I'm with you, Patsy, that I'm going to stand by and say, hey, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for saying, I'm, I'm that one, you know, I get it. So, uh, but I think it's all about love at the end of the day. Amen. Man. Yeah. So let us uh, continue to pray that the Lord will use us as his vessels and his image to point uh, others to Christ through our deeds, words, and actions that come through the Holy Spirit's influence. Uh, Karen, which chapter are we on next week then? In we're, on, we're in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 90. Volume 1, Chapter 90. Mm-hmm. 
Testimonies, Volume 1, Chapter 90 for next week. And again, read ahead so you can discuss, so we can discuss and invite someone else to join us. You know, it's very nice to have uh, as many people as are interested in learning more about Christ join with us. Elder Carroll, when when he uh, gets us off, would you stay on for just a second? Because I want to ask you a question. Yeah, we we always like to stay on afterward for just personal stuff. Let's go, uh, close out with prayer, and then we'll go, get off the live feed. Dear Father, we thank you for a beautiful time together, fellowshipping with uh, your your sons and daughters in, in truth, dear Lord. We ask and pray that you'll continue to lead us and guide us. Bless us with your Holy Spirit's presence, Lord, that others will see Christ in us, and that they too will be saved in your blessed kingdom. Help us to learn to sing that precious song here on earth so that we can sing it also in heaven with thee. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining online and tune in again next week for a discipleship class.